morning, everyone. Back for another week. It is Monday, 4th of July. Marcus, you've got overnight for us, please. Yes, thanks, Ben. We have obviously a strong opening today. I think our market's up over 100 points with the futures up 96, which I have to say, I found a bit of a surprise considering Wall Street's performance wasn't that impressive. It was up 322 on Friday. That's Dow Jones closing near its highs and the S&P 500 up 1% and the NASDAQ up just less than 1%. But the news overnight is that the Chinese might cut steel output. And on the back of that, the iron ore price looks like it's fallen over 10%. And yet our big resources are holding up quite well today, surprisingly. They were down, BHP was down 3.65% in the US on Friday. I've got a chart in the strategy piece of BHP against the iron ore price. It does look like the iron ore price is just accelerating away, going south and BHP is holding up. It just looks a little bit out of kilter. They are highly correlated. Otherwise, on Friday, oil prices up 2% or so. The Russian conflict doesn't get any better. There were people killed in a shopping center in Ukraine making the headlines. Despite that oil price rise, you've probably seen there's a headline today about JP Morgan seeing stratospheric oil prices over $380 on a worst case Russian production cut. The idea that Russia might just or have the fiscal strength to be able to make a serious cut in production just to upset the Europeans and maintain it, in which case you could see the oil price at $380. If they made a smaller cut, JP Morgan sees the oil price at $190. It's currently $110. So obviously that would be a bit shabby. Otherwise, bond yields keep coming off both in the US, they're down to 2.89% and in Europe as the market continues to pivot away from inflation concerns to growth concerns. There was a manufacturing survey in the US on Friday, which was weaker than expected, which got people worrying about growth again and had interest rates coming off. Gold fell again. That's had a really shabby two weeks. And of course, we've come to the end of the financial year. Just to put the scores on the doors, the ASX 200 was down 10.19%. And worth pointing out, we lost 13.8% in the last two months. So it's all been about the last two months. The NASDAQ was down 23.96% last financial year. S&P 500 down 11.9%. But the star performers over the last financial year, or rather over the last six months, oil price up 43%, coal price up 153%, iron ore price up 15%, nickel up 9%, the rest of the metal prices were down. So resources held our market up along with the banks, but since the RBA's 50 basis point rate rise last month, and since the US CPI number recently got everyone worrying about aggressive rate rises and growth. Both resources and banks have come off. So we've had a shabby couple of months. And the debate obviously is when things start to improve on the current trends, it's not today. Right, thank you, Marcus. Tom, what have you got for us today? Thank you, Ben. Yes, well, as Marcus pointed out, our market is doing rather well starting the week off up more than 100 points. All sectors in positive territory, property and utilities are the most improved sectors. Miners underperform although still in positive territory with commodities mostly weaker on Friday. BHP down 0.3%, Rio positive up 1.4%. On the corporate front, Suncorp has said their natural hazard costs are in line with guidance and we just saw a lot more wild weather in Sydney, which will no doubt get another look in with uh, Suncorp there. Genesis Minerals, GMD, to acquire Dyson Gold, DCN. So DCN is in trading hold. Link, LNK has rejected Dye and Durham's reduced bid. No one why and 
Whitehead and Cole has increased their buyback cap to $550 million versus their prior announcement of $400 million. And there is some speculation Tyro payments could be an acquisition target for PE groups. US markets closed tonight for the Independence Day holiday. So direction is going to come from Europe and RBA decision tomorrow. I think we've got a question on that, Ben. Yes, we will have that a bit later. Thank you, Tom. Layden, what have you got for broke? Thank you, Ben. A little bit quieter this morning out in land of brokers, but Brambles is still a bit of a talking point. Credit Suisse has an outform recommendation this morning with a target price of $13.45. Flies around a 22% upside. Macquarie has come out with a neutral recommendation at a target price of $10.75, which implies about a 3% downside. But overall from the brokers since the Costco decision, there's three buy recommendations and an outform recommendation out of the six. And the average target price is $12.32, which implies around 9.5% upside current share price. And also just a quick note on Hub24, Credit Suisse says that they remain positive on the Australian platform sector with Hub24, the preferred exposure to this sector. And the target price falls from $38 down $35, but that still implies a 71% upside. That's all I've got this morning, Ben. Interesting. Very nice. Thank you, Leighton. Henry, good morning. What have you got for us? Hi, guys. Well, I can just confirm that the weather in Sydney was biblical over the weekend. I'm quite happy to see Noah out there at the moment. He's putting the animals on the ark as we speak. Has been pretty wild and woolly out there. So yes, plenty of work for John's Ling Group, which is a stock that I've been talking about recently. And obviously there's going to be more claims in terms of uh, those insurance companies. So uh, something to keep an eye on. As far as my stuff goes today, just looking again at a couple of stocks. One is Alliance Aviation, which is under takeover from Qantas. $4.75 is the bid. Stock trading at $3.60. So clearly the market thinks there is an ACCC issue, which follows on from that decision from the ACCC to have a look in more detail at the link administration bid from Diane Durham, which Tom, you were just talking about. So there is a bit of upside there if that was to get done. Now you're not getting cash, you're getting Qantas shares. So in some respects, the lower Qantas goes, the better it is because you're going to be getting shares at a nice low price as opposed to a nice high price. And there are means to hedge that when it happens, but it's a long way away. But there is around 29% upside if the deal was to go ahead. The other one I've been looking at recently as well is Bubs, which is having a good day today on another positive announcement coming out of the US in terms of formula. So that is good for them. They're up as well. So they're doing well. And an interesting announcement as well from Silex, which is a stock that I was uh, talking about three or four weeks ago. They've done really well recently and it's going like a bit of a train. They're up another 7% today on a good deal between the uranium enrichment. They've done a deal there with Duke Energy. So that is positive for them. And the stock price has been motoring big time. So uh, hopefully some of the members got on board Silex. Apart from that, just the usual US updates and a look at that. At, uh, GDP now, which I put in last week, June the 30th, it was showing a minus 1% for GDP, according to the Atlanta Fed. A day later, it was 2.1% negative. So things are moving quite quickly in the US from 30th of June to the 1st July. So obviously, there's the GDP or from the Atlanta Fed, there's certainly some signs of weakness. But that's about it from me. Just been on Ausbiz talking Waypoint and also New Riser, which annoyingly, I had in the portfolio until last week, until I had my big reset. And they were up around 25% this morning on the back of an offtake agreement with another company for $1.5 billion over a five-year period. So annoying. That's it from me. Very nice. Thank you, Henry. A couple of fresh ideas today we have. Tom, you have some notes of the stocks you covered on Ausbiz, which you were on this morning. We'll have that video up, I'm sure, as well. Yeah. So these are stocks, actually. A lot of them had announcements during last week. So they made up or my buy, hold, and sell for this Monday. My buy was Metcash. Main points. They had good results last week. There's a significant amount of regional migration.
generation that's still happening and still helping their market share. Defensive earnings profile as well. Collins Foods was the owner of KFC. They're my hold. Had good results as well. Well placed to weather the economic cycle. Value is undemanding and it would be a buy, although margin pressure in the short term was signposted by management. And Macquarie Telecom is my sell. They actually had a bit of a guidance upgrade, but not likely to be the catalyst that turns the share price around. Trades on a very low volume, as Henry pointed out to me once. Low volume stocks, usually not trading for a very good reason. That's because few people want them. So that is my reason. Macquarie Telecom, MAQ is a sell. Thanks, Tom. In the case of Macquarie Telecom, which has been a stunning performer, it's not a question of few people want them. It's just the ownership of this is tied up with one family. And it's really, you know, it's up 4% this morning on 2000 shares. So that's the problem with Macquarie Telecom. When you want to buy it, it goes like a train. So it's um, a concentrated investment from one family. And then of course, Tudor. if you want to sell it as well, you've got mm-hmm. inverse issues. Which is yeah. Uh, David Tudor Hope owns it pretty much. Yeah. Very nice. Thank you, Henry. Thank you, Tom. And I've also got in there two fresh ideas, just having a look at the best performer and the worst performer of the ASX 200 last financial year. As Marcus said, the market was down 10.19%, a lot of damage coming late. Our best performer was AVZ, which was up 387.5%, was up as much as 750% at one point, but then tumbled into the end of the year or didn't quite make it into the end of the year because it is in a trading hold as of I think the 9th of May. They're hoping that it's going to be coming to a close around the 18th of July. They're in arbitration over the ownership of their major projects. So a bit of a look there, look at why they had that rise and what to from here for them. And then the worst performer, which was of course, zip down 94.5%, almost 50% in June. But as Marcus has pointed out recently, when you were already down 88% for the year, an extra 50% drop is really not that big on the scale of things. But so a bit of a look at why they fell so out of favor as well and what to do here as well. So that's our fresh ideas today. Marcus, what have you got for strategy? Morning, Ben. Just a couple of things on the stocks mentioned so far. Macquarie Telecom Group is 51.01% owned by the, how do you pronounce it, Henry? Claywood family. Two de hope. Okay, they, they trade under the name Clayward Proprietary Limited. Now, John's Ling, which got mentioned, John's Ling is down 48% from the top, did that very quickly, and is 21% off the bottom. I would just point out, although it was a darling stock there for a while, it's still on a PE, can you believe it, of 39 and a yield of 1%. Used to be on a PE of 61, but I think the point is no fabulous value there. And the other one was Suncor Metway got mentioned for its comments this morning about losses in Sydney weather uh, being within expectations. That is an income stock. The thing about the Suncorp share price is it doesn't go up, which is a great shame. But it does go sideways. And with a 7% yield going to 9% next year and a low PE and a stable return on equity, that might interest some income people. Anyway, otherwise, strategy is routine today. US markets close tonight. RBA meeting tomorrow. As you know, UBS and a couple of other people now expect a 50 basis point rate rise from 0.85% to 1.35%. Consensus is rates will hit 2.35% by the end of this year and peak at 2.85% next year. We'll see what the RBA brings tomorrow. US jobs numbers are the main focus this week with the focus on growth at the moment and the possibility of recession. The jobs numbers are fairly pivotal. Not sure if we want a strong one, which means the economy is okay, or a weak one, which means interest rates won't go up as much as expected. Sometimes bad news is good news on that front. US results season starts next week. Big financials starting on the 14th. We've got the US inflation number is very central to where the market goes. That's on July the 13th next week. And we have an FOMC meeting on 
July the 27th, expecting 75 basis point rate rise and another rate rise every meeting this year at the moment. Uh, We've mentioned that JP Morgan headline. Some brokers really know how to get clicks. Oil to go to $380 stratospheric if Russia is provoked by sanctions into cutting crude output. So worrisome. Henry and I wrote at the weekend about being concerned about some sort of eventual collapse in the oil price. War is temporary. The price rise that we've seen in the oil price is temporary. The rest of the resources sector is falling over on growth concerns. The oil price should be as well. But we have this rather unique situation holding it up anyway. Not forever, I think, is the view on oil stocks. And if you are in them, you're not going to be investing in them for the long term. From these heady heights, we've got to expect some sort of sell-off at some point, And then you can buy them for the long term again. Resources sector under pressure today with the iron ore price taking a big dip on Chinese steel output cuts. Metal prices also in a hole. Copper at a 16-month low, down 25% in the quarter. Zinc was down 10% last week. And you'll see the chart in the strategy piece of BHP compared to the iron ore price. It is looking vulnerable to another down leg. There is, I think, a great buying opportunity coming up in resources when the cycle turns and people start to buy for economic recovery. At that point, you'll also find the Aussie dollar is in a hole as well. And as per the resources boom in 2005, what international investors got was the opportunity to buy resources stocks before a boom or during a boom. And in so doing, they effectively bought the Aussie dollar as well. So buying BHP in Aussie dollars for a New York skyscraper fund manager was just double bubble because they got the currency improvement as well as the share price improvement. So I do think we have a great buying opportunity coming up in resources when the cycle turns and the currency will turn as well. So it's obviously not yet, could be months away at this rate, but watching out for that. And that's about that. Post-it notes, I wrote a article on Friday about what post-it notes we'd love on our screens or wish we'd had on our screens 12 months ago. I'm now looking for post-it notes that we should stick on our screens for this year that will make investing successful and simple. I've had a few in so far and a very common one is the so this is a, a little note that gets stuck on your trading screen today that is relevant to what's going to happen this year. So they're predictions effectively. So a couple of little post-it notes. The market will bottom on, and then someone wrote in brackets, help me out here. So looking for the bottom on the market is the obvious thing. Another one was inflation was transitory after all. I can't help but agree that inflation might just be in this tight bubble because of quite temporary things, be that supply chain issues post-pandemic and the Russian conflict. And they could all sort themselves out really quite quickly. Plus, if growth comes off, you might just find prices come off rapidly as well. So maybe inflation was transitory. Electric vehicle tsunami. We have had the guts taken out of the electric vehicle momentum. You've seen it in the market, in the hot stocks, in the growth stocks, not the growth stocks, in the lithium stocks in particular. That could well come back. Don't miss the bounce was another post-it note. Property wins again. Value investing is only fashionable in a sell-off. I do have to say, you don't want to get sucked into all the boring stocks just before the bottom of the cycle. And uh, this one was presumably someone's burnt themselves on ARC. Kathy Wood, zero to hero again. Anyway, that's about it from me. Always very interesting, the post-it notes. Thank you, Marcus. And we'll finish off today with our question. Simply, what will the RBA do tomorrow? Tom. 50 basis points, Ben. Gone sweet, thank you. Layton? Yeah, have to agree there. No surprises. That's... Henry, are you going to make any grand surprising predictions? No, not really. 50 basis points seems to be the way of things. I do 
do have a challenge, though, if you want a challenge for viewers and readers out there. Um, I was challenged by Waleed Ali on ABC Radio in Melbourne this morning to come up with a limerick for the market as they were talking limericks. So if anyone can come up with a decent limerick about the market, love to hear from. That sounds like tomorrow's question. Well, you put me right on the spot. So uh, it was very hard to come up. The one that came to mind was there was a young man from Barthocket, um, which obviously has nothing to do with markets and it has everything to do with being rude on ABC Radio. So I tended to steer clear of that one. But yeah, it's hard to find a rhyme for market. Market. That's the one I came up with, yeah. (laughs) Well, everyone's got a bit of homework then for tomorrow. Yeah. Marcus? 50 basis points it's got to be. I have to say the RBA probably learned last time that, oh, goodness, we are important. We can move markets. Well, you can collapse the bank sector. Well done, guys. And and so they may try and surprise us. So in which case, the only interesting answer would be to say 25 basis points or 75 basis points. I think I'll go 25. I was hoping you were going to try and get that front page headline and say 125 or (laughs) something really rash. Yeah, uh, well, there you go. JP Morgan style. Yep, it's going to be a stratospheric interest rate rise of 1%. Very nice. And I, yeah, obviously with 50 as well. Maybe 75 (laughs) for for a bit of fun, seeing as Mark's 125. The limerick is going to make up for the boring question tomorrow. (laughs) So I hope everyone prepares their limerick well. You've got 23 and a half hours. We'll see you then. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks. See you later.